I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, and welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live each weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for an hour. Our goal is to have a discussion that isn't uh, following the news of the day, uh, just a real discussion about guns with real people, panel, usually panel discussion from, uh, made up of people who are members of gunchannels.com. Gun Channels is a community we built five years ago now, and it's a place where people who are interested in firearms can hang out with other people who are interested in firearms, either creating content or uh, watching content that's being created by uh, others from the ground up. So uh, we encourage people to participate in the show. It's supposed to be a, an a effort in new media, meaning uh, we're using the interactive nature of the internet, not just to take a radio show and stick it on the internet, but instead to have a conversation using the tools that we have out there, way to exercise our skills and our knowledge of these tools so that we can bring a Second Amendment or gun-related message out to the world and change culture while having a good time and enjoying a conversation to with that end we got some people joining us on the gun channel side and uh, we do have some links out there so if people would like to join in uh, let us know but otherwise there's already a whole bunch of links out there and uh everybody's more than welcome to join in we've got uh al jumping in from texas thanks for joining you bet how's everybody doing good and we got uh roosted jumping in from minnesota thanks for jumping in yeah appreciate the link glad to be here thanks for jumping in and then I'm down here in Arizona. So uh, today is Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we typically talk about uh, Second Amendment issues, uh, state of the state. Uh, talk about Arizona today, I guess. And uh, I don't know. Anybody have any things that have come up uh, they want to chat about? I haven't heard anything specific from Minnesota yet. Yeah, we good in Texas. That was pretty lackluster. <laughs> so on Tuesdays, I try to do a Second Amendment workshop, Second Amendment media workshop, uh, two-way media workshop, and the idea is to uh, start having a consistent get-together uh, to bring people who are creating content, Second Amendment-related stuff uh, in all different ways out to the world uh, to uh, collaborate with each other, network from each other, learn from each other, but also effort in uniting our message and bringing our, um, our efforts to uh, kind of work together to uh, further some, I don't know, some legislation or some, some defense or ideally some offense uh, for the observance um, of our rights. So anyway, we had a uh, chat today, uh, Ghost. Tactical was able to jump in for a bit, and some people were joining in from the outside, asked a few questions. We ended up listening to the uh, Gun Freedom Radio's podcast, like we do often. And I was working on this software. It's called VideoScribe. It's a whiteboard software. It's a software used to, uh, a lot of times you see, like, it looks like an animated hand drawing some words or drawing a picture or something as part of a lecture or some sort of a, I don't know, infotainment type uh video project 
Uh, so it's that kind of software used to create that. And I don't like the hand part of it, but I do like the ability for it to give you this sort of sandbox or whiteboard that's uh, kind of a hybrid between a, what would this be? This would almost be like a PowerPoint software mixed with a video editing software. So there's a timeline down here. And between physically laying out your items putting them in a timeline and then adding animation to it, it allows you to make projects like this one. So I'm having to uh, let this subscription go. It's an annual subscription-based thing. I just don't use it enough, and it costs quite a bit. So I'm going to have to let it go. Uh, I just figured before the subscription ran out, I'd finish a project over there. I've had a couple of them in the works. And this is a timeline. This is uh, just a, a timeline from the span of the country from the Second Amendment till now and uh, when you divide that out I used 1800 and 1900 as a couple of the waypoints on that timeline and then started to add things some of the non or I guess gun owners rights organizations when they were created um, some of the firearms laws at the national level uh, some of the creations of the various I don't know gun entities out there uh, first shot show, for example, you know, some just highlights in the history of 2A. And for me, at least, I like to, uh, I, I learn more, I absorb more from a visual thing. Now, this one's a little bit gitch glitchy because I'm not, it's not finished or anything. We're just kind of looking at a version of the rough draft of it. But what we're looking at is basically an accumulation of stuff on a timeline layout of, I guess, highlights in the Second Amendment what would you call this calendar or timeline of events that have happened and I guess a way just to visually lay it out in a way to make it a little bit uh, easier to comprehend or understand where and when everything came from anyway so that's what we talked about today on the uh, 2a workshop I basically went live for an hour or so talked to ghost for a bit you know we sort of talked about this project and what it encompassed I've probably added another hour or two's worth of stuff to it in uh, ghost chat earlier. And then just in some off-air stuff as we've been chatting. Have you guys used this software before uh, by any chance? I've never seen it. I haven't, no. I really like the visual aspect of it, though. It's nice layout. Yeah. Fun to play with. I can add narrations and music to it. I haven't done everything to it. I don't know what this one does. Oh, this one allows me to fiddle with the background so that it looks more like a chalkboard or a piece of paper or some, some rocks or something, I guess. Um, curious, though, if anybody out there is watching has seen any stuff done with this stuff, uh, any techniques or uh, examples of anything interesting, uh, let me know so I can incorporate it into this. I think I have a day or two left to play with it. I'm going to play with it a little bit more tonight and then... Whatever I get done, I'll just render it into a video and just have that for a future project or something. And then um, if anybody knows any alternatives to this, I've heard of uh, one lead on an alternative to this, but it turns out to actually cost more than this. So if anybody knows any stuff that's uh, comparable or if you can get Adobe to do this, I do pay for the Adobe package. So if anybody knows any uh, what like alternate ways of getting this stuff accomplished, I'd be curious. Clover might be a good guy to talk to about that. I'm not. I'm pretty much tech handicapped. Well, 
Uh, what did I do? Did I close everything that was open on the screen? Yes, I did. There we go. All right, otherwise, um, any other 2A topics tonight? What's going on in New Jersey? As far as the magazines? Yeah. They turned everybody into class three or class four felons overnight. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what the exact specifications are. I'm assuming 10 rounds or less. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely an issue they have to deal with. It's happened in other states. In New York, didn't they change it to 10 rounds years ago? Yeah, I think that's been a while now. I don't know about anybody else, but just 10 rounds is just not enough. And for that matter, who are they to tell us what we can and can't have? I'm getting a lot of people from New Jersey into the chats to give us like a perspective of what it's like there. I think there's a couple of channels and gun shops that come out of there that you know are more of a consistent message from there. But uh, unlike California or somewhere, they got seven million gun owners who are affected. You know, in what ten days? No, eleven days? Ten days? Something like that. Um, what day is it? Uh, you have to be 21 to buy uh, rifles. So they get a little bit more voice, I guess, when that many people are affected. New Jersey, I think there's 8 million people in the whole state. Yeah, California is doing the background check for ammo now, and all that shit is <clears throat> being logged and, and shuffled off in a database somewhere, I suppose. Yeah, it's frustrating. Is the background check for ammo? Is that happening now, or is that the first of the year? First of the year. They're buying all their ammo now. Yeah. Yep, they sure are. Can't remember where I saw it, but I uh, saw a little snippet on uh, oh, some streaming service somewhere. <clears throat> they were talking about uh, this one gun shop had picked up like 20,000 cases of assorted ammunition, and they sold it all in like a week. So I guess at least some of the people in Cali are smart and trying to get ready for it. But what happens when you shoot it all up, you know? Well, it is a consumable. So I definitely have attack on you know, trying to infringe when you make, you know, you inhibit the supply of the perishable or the consumable part of the recreation or the sport or whatever it's going to be. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we're a bunch of dead air, so I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Um, a bunch of people out there not saying nothing. About federal trying to force uh, civilians to 
to buy 20 round boxes instead of the quote law enforcement 50 round boxes high capacity boxes of ammo now huh and that's yeah. federal you say yeah i hadn't heard any i hadn't heard anything about that yeah that uh, started up or er, er, uh stores got websites whatever you want to call them i uh, got a notice from federal like last month or something like that uh, place i go to still has them but uh, i noticed um especially sg ammo has gone up like seven or eight bucks a box or something like that that's ridiculous my place hadn't gone up that much but it's it's nuts. What the hell is wrong with a 50 RAM box? You know? Nothing. It sounds like a scam federal's after to try and make more money off us. I guess they got to pay for them fancy clear plastic boxes. They put all them 20 RAM boxes in. Yeah, Mark, That's about whatever, the like, dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Well, for the longest time, the premium ammunitions were only used a, a bit. People weren't, you know, buying bulk, or it wasn't, I guess, a demand for bulk, uh, what do you call production ammo, or high production, what do you call that, like uh, defense ammo? Yeah. So the military would, or at least the Border Patrol, you know, practices with that. They practice with hollow points and stuff, so they're buying their stuff in bulk boxes, and... I would imagine at some point people said, oh, I want to shoot that stuff a lot too. Or, you know, I want to have a lot of it, so I'm going to buy it in the bulk packaging. But I think that's where it came from. I don't know if there was ever any official, I don't know, stipulations or requirements set to the distributors on what to do with the boxes. But, yeah, they always used to put the, I don't know, the retail high-end stuff in boxes of 20 like you say with all the goofy packaging to make it look appealing make it look bigger on the shelf i guess i like the bulk packs myself it stores better in an ammo can but a lot of times if you're going to be i don't know testing what ammo is going to work with your gun or test trying a new new thing out you don't necessarily want to buy 100 or 50 even just want to buy a couple and try it out but I don't know. That's true. Is that something? What was that? That was like a, a memo that went out from federal to distributors saying, hey, quit selling the 50 boxes to everybody? Yeah. Well, they're saying quit quit selling the LEO boxes. Or, or the bot, the ammo marked law enforcement or something like that. I forget how it's marked. I don't know if I've ever seen law enforcement. Uh, well, they're just labeled like, what are they called? I guess they're LEO, but they're just labeled like bulk box or something. At least they always were. Hmm. And it's just, you know, why would the, if you're going to be shooting a lot of it, what's the point of having all those plastic containers and packaging? There's just no point grabbing it by the handful. Hmm. 
easier just having the HST is branded Federal Premium Law Enforcement Ammunition. Well, mm. big deal. Yeah, at least it's a figure. Yeah, I guess I don't ammo myself. So, I mean, uh, I'm not going to buy that much of it, but uh, Seven Wonders is. Yeah, I mean, you're talking like retail twenty round box. It's like seventy five, eighty cents a round. Oh, screw that. So Seven Wonders is saying, "Who is Al W?" So Al is one of the members of Gun Channel. It's been around since the beginning, I think, right? Oh, no, no. I've been on here a couple of years, something like that, two or three years. I don't remember now. And you're in Texas. What's your story? Uh, my story is I am just a typical um, concealed carry consumer. You know, I don't have a closet full of guns or any, anything like that. I actually, I wound up here digging through... Um, Gun forums, looking for information when I was uh, trying to decide on a handgun for uh, concealed carry. And that's about as much of the story as I can remember. I've been here ever since. Right on. And you're one of the mods. You helped me behind the scenes a bit. So uh, one of the resources that keeps gun channels running. Appreciate it. And the show now has evolved into a panel discussion. So if you'd like to be on the panel, you can join us over on Gun Channels. I've been dropping the link on the other platform where we run the show, uh, simply from convenience, because there's not another platform that can consistently give us a live room like this. Uh, and then uh, anybody who wants to join into the show, like I say, there's lots of links out there. And uh, more than welcome to jump in. Uh, Al, I think you said you've got a... Um, shop for today yeah uh let me see if i can pull it up here one of the reasons we do the show on a daily basis is so that we can feature a gun shop every day uh, I, I enjoy personally checking out gun shops and uh others do as well so al's got one that i guess is in your area that you're going to tell us about yeah so this is not a gun store per se it is a mom and pop well, they call it a discount center. I think back in the day we called them department stores. One of those stores been around forever that has everything under the sun. But they have always had a really, really awesome um, sporting goods section. Uh, a great selection of uh, firearms, uh, loading, reloading stuff, uh, you know, safes. Just about you name it, and they got it. And like I said, been around forever. Bought my first two or three handguns there. Um, gosh, back in the late 70s, I think. But it, it's one of those places you, you like to go in there because uh, they just got it all. Uh, local, you know, local mom and pop always like to support your local uh, local folks and all that uh, over the big box stores, or at least I do. So, 
Gibson's Discount Center, and I think they they're been around forty five years or something like that. Uh, been here in town, so uh, it's I'd go there before I go to a, a big box store. So there you go. That's pretty cool. So unlike like an outfitter or something where it's just all sporting and outdoors type of stuff, this is more like a hardware store, general store. And then it's it's more like a general store, general merchandise. You know, they, they've got, you know, I mean, you can buy, gosh, you name it. You know, it's like a small Walmart um, from 40 years ago. Was there just the one? I think there's a couple of them, um, but uh, this one's, you know, owned by this, been owned by the same family ever since it's been around. You know, I still see the same guy in there, or one of them, I think one of them died, but I still see one of the guys in there uh, running the place that I've seen in there all my life, you know, and just a nice mom and pop store with a great sporting goods section. Awesome. Very cool. It's neat to know the stores are like that too, because then at least, you know, people that are just out there shopping, doing their thing, they've always got that, you know, awareness that the guns are part of it all. But not in the way in some other part of town or in some different building, even. And there is always tons of people back in sporting goods, you know, buying, you know, hunting, fishing, archery, you know, uh, gun stuff. Uh, you know, they've got a they've got a gunsmith in store that'll, uh, you know. Each side's put on or something like that. They sell the parts. The gunsmithing is free. That's a nice perk. Yeah. I need to get back in there. I was talking to him uh, some time ago about... Uh, Finding some sites uh, for my MNP. Uh, I got some in mind that they don't carry, but he said he can probably get them. So need to get back on that project. You're saying are you the same guy as Big Al? I don't know. Big Al is. Oh, I don't know. So, so there's a, there's a whole, there's a story behind that whole Al thing. Uh, I've gone by Alan all my life. Okay. Well, so many of my friends started calling me that I couldn't keep track of who knew me as Al and who knew me as Alan. So I just started introducing myself to everybody as Al. And so I'm Al to everybody. Just LD. Hey.
Hey, Nano, what's that? Evening or good morning, peeps. Um, I don't know what other topics we got. It's a uh, 2A Tuesday, so we could talk about 2A stuff, and otherwise we can end it. But uh, Dano just jumped in from Illinois. We just got done talking about that gun shop. I think you were watching over there on the YouTube side. And then uh, oh, I guess we can talk about Arizona. I don't know what there is to talk about. Um, I certainly can't represent the whole state or anything, but uh, yep, Arizona exists. We'll be hosting the uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference next year, so that should be fun. Hopefully we'll uh, do it justice and uh, do something interesting for everybody who shows up. Hopefully we'll get a bunch of people from gun channels to show up for something like that that uh, can use the reach, can use the attention, can use the uh, uh, additional attendance, and uh, hopefully use it as a way to have some fun too. We'll be in Phoenix. There's lots of places to shoot and uh, do some gun stuff. I have a question that I think uh, the audience would be interested in. And uh, you've, you've been in uh, Arizona for a number of years. I don't know exactly how many, but you've been there quite some time. And you know everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, many people from outside from Hollywood have a certain perception of Arizona via the West kind of may possibly be versus the actual reality. But uh, your uh, experience over time as to how Arizona has changed from, let's say, the first you know year or two or whatever that you were there uh, to today and the, 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 the trends of Arizona and where you see that going as, a, you know, as far as um, culturally, because you know, it is different than a lot of other states. You don't mean just guns, then? You just mean in general? Well, uh, well I mean, we can do just uh, freedom in freedom in general, which would include guns. When I first moved out here in the uh, '90s, I guess the early '90s, uh, it was pretty empty. So uh, Tucson, Phoenix, I think Phoenix is at least doubled in size from the boundaries, at least that I knew of back when I first moved out here. Um, everywhere else in the middle of nowhere now has stuff. So the, when I moved out here, there was still, it was still possible to go out and be in the middle of nowhere. That's not really possible. But on the other hand, I don't know if that's possible really anywhere anymore. So um, it's definitely changed over the last 20 years or whatever. And I wish I could say I knew I was aware of like guns the whole time. Uh, I just wasn't into guns the whole time, and I just we didn't pay attention to it in the same way back in the day when you're just younger and before the internet. And I think those two things, you know, when there wasn't an internet to reference, nowadays there's an internet to reference pretty much. You know, you don't have really an excuse or the luxury of saying, oh, I don't even know. You know, now there is stuff to know and it's available. You make a decision not to know, but it's, you know, the information is there. Um, so I don't know. That's a good question, Dan. I just don't know how much of it I can offer. You know, is that unique to Arizona, or you know, 
just in general, you know, the way that people are aware of things differently because of the internet and stuff. I definitely don't do enough stuff. I don't go to like car shows. Or I don't go to very many offline things at all, other than gun shows. So I can't tell you. You know, in other words, it's not like I go to, I don't know, some kind of car races every weekend for the last twenty years or something to be able to tell you what, you know, it looks like from that angle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, wh what about um, in regards to um. Uh, culture is, is very much also in, indirectly sometimes related to um, um, beliefs of how one either should or should not be led via government. Uh, and that then leads to sometimes political affiliation. So um, I guess I'm thinking in terms of, you know, ha have you noticed um during your 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 twenty plus years there, uh, the um, ch changes in um, the population's um, tendencies to be either pro freedom or uh, and, and that seems to be just as strong as when you first noticed it, or or do you notice any changes? That's interesting too. So I think there's a in Arizona is an interesting state because. We're fairly pro-freedom, but then we're not 100% pro-freedom or nothing. So I think there's some other states that are more just free. Nevada, I think, is a state that's more represented in just being free. They don't have taxes. Um, they got just as good at gun laws until recently. Um, and uh, constitutional carry and stuff. Oh, I don't have constitutional carry, but they had a much different uh, CCW thing for a long time. Uh, as far as being able to like drink and go into bars and stuff, um, but uh, basically Arizona, I'd say, is definitely changing. Because when I first moved out here, it was mostly retirees or cowboys or whatever you call it, just people that live in Arizona, like ranchers and a lot of farms, so farmers. Um, and the cities were industry, um, Raytheon and. Uh, you know, big industry was out here, and all that industry died or went away. Uh, couldn't compete with, uh, uh, like Texas offered lots of incentives for industry, and Arizona just sat around saying, "Oh, we're next to California, so we're going to here no matter what." I think was the you know, or whatever. They just looked at them as funding sources, but that's a whole other thing. But Arizona doesn't seem to be very friendly towards industry. Uh, they've got some military that they thought for the longest time wouldn't go anywhere because of our weather and whatever. You know, there's like the graveyards and stuff out here. They figured, I'm sure they figured, the state figured, there's nothing the army's going to, the military's never going to get rid of these graveyards because where are they going to move it? They didn't realize the government would just say, yeah, we'll just sell all that. <laughs> we just won't have it anymore. So uh, they got a little scared with that and the industry left. So uh, when you got less retirees coming out here, and they're all dying, and then industry left. It's certainly changing the dynamic, and now you've got tons of California people who uh, can afford to live here and still work in California, I think. So they have a tie to California, unlike a retiree that came from somewhere oppressive and came out here and might change their mind or live differently. These are people that still have ties to wherever it is that's oppressive. So who knows what kind of dynamic we're heading into.
but it's certainly changed over the years. And it's not to more freedom, it's to, you know, more and more emulating city life in the middle of nowhere. Is, uh, city life uh, in a general sense or, or more what I'll call California type uh, culture? City, big life. state, like big state trying to be the answer to everything and just giant public works for no reason. You know, there used to be just a little courthouse. Now we got big, giant courthouse buildings. Why? You know, and big, giant, elaborate, artsy buildings. You know, back in the, for the longest time, it was just a utilitarian building, and it worked. You know, they needed more. They stuck a little addition on the back. But now it's a big glass building that costs millions of dollars because right. of some contractors, you know, who are trying to be attracted to this town and stay here after they built other houses or something. Yeah, it's, you know, in some ways, you know, when I see, you know, Washington, D.C. is the ultimate example of it. But, you know, state capitals, counties, uh, villages, municipalities, I see it all over the place. You know, when they can have access to money that's actually not theirs because it's ours, uh, suddenly, you know, the public trough is a great place to express uh, express their views uh, in regards to uh, art and things like that, art and buildings, public architecture, um, in in ways since they don't have to pay for it, that we as individuals would, would never consider, or less of us would consider of it, versus a, a more of a practical perspective, which is what you had explained mentioned earlier. You guys have had a big shift in uh, population demographic down there, too. I think your uh, voting records from Arizona really reflect that this year. What do you mean? Like different demographics voting? Uh, different. Uh, Going from a bright red to a purple. Yeah, there you go. That's one way to say it. If different, different people moving into the area from different ethnicities, people that are more reliant on a government and not themselves so they're more willing to vote for social programs is that the right way to say that no, i don't know about that um i think it's more of people dying there's nobody else moving here i mean it's been the same cultural mix or whatever i thought you meant like as far as like you know kids voting versus old people voting like demographics but um i mean the makeup of the arizona is basically a bunch of old people that moved here from somewhere up north for a long time they were what do you call it uh, they call them snowbirds so they'll live in both places and either be permanent or not residences in either one but basically still have income and still you know spend money in both places and then eventually that turns into sitting in one place usually down here and then less and less activity right as you get older and then you know that kind of stuff changes so all the people that live here just doing their thing are having kids and then those kids are getting older and then voting and i think that might be a thing but i don't know that's a tough one because i don't get to travel enough to see what it's like in other places either i mean it might be better here for all i know than it is someplace else and it just seems you know all i know is what's changed here i don't know if it's been more rapid or more slow 
I suspect from just listening to news and stuff, we're typically slower than every place else. You know, if something happens in the culture and the country, you know, we're, we pick it up later and then, you know, it happens here last or it ends, you know, in places like here. So, uh, to some extent, you know, we're just, uh, I don't know, we don't have enough people here to have that much. change or whatever you know there's only so much that can change when there's that not that many people there's no new industry really there's just the cities have gotten larger so you you had mentioned the just in passing that the de demographics as far as um the, the elderly coming there uh you know then this then the snowbirds uh and you mentioned that you know they're they're dying off but um so did you do you think where they're coming from is because yeah, obviously they were People who retire are going to die sooner rather than later. Uh, but instead of co coming in massive numbers from the traditional locations, being like the Midwest and the North and things like that, that not that people aren't still coming from those areas, but are also now included from California, which people typically didn't do because California has nice weather already. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not because people are old. So old people dying is the old, the, what do they call it, the baby boom. That's a massive number of people. The, the amount of us and the people between us and the baby boom won't be enough to sway anything. Like we won't be a ripple. We'll just be in the typical, you know, whatever. We'll be in the typical age groups or whatever. We won't be a swell in the whatever age group we're in. So uh, those people dying are just people from that like massive extra inventory we had of few people leaving, you know, they, so anyway, we're uh, the people that we're seeing in Arizona now from my experience or from my perception of it, aren't with snowbirds coming from like Chicago or New York or someplace, but instead people come from California not because they're old, but because I don't know, like everybody says, it costs you a million dollars to have a house over there, and it costs you a quarter million to have a giant house over here. So just in the savings in real estate, you can afford to travel back and forth. And if you can do your job remotely, you know, and I think there's probably people that have their families here and then just have a place in California to go do their thing and then you know, spend the majority of their time here. So the, the older people that are, that are dying off are being replaced basically by younger people who are still yeah. of working age but from the west coast rather than from the other parts of the country yeah and those people aren't crazy so they're probably dipping up their money and their tax money i don't know i'm not, I'm not that savvy on it but i would assume they're you know not losing money they're trying to do it to save money in the just in the long run so yeah sure. We're, i'm just i'm just looking for your perception not 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 as Stated statistics or anything. Yeah. But this is now way past the state of Arizona as far as gun laws and stuff. But I think that where it all comes from is where these people are from. And it's, even though it's snowbirds, I don't think the snowbirds, I mean, some of, a few of the snowbirds are responsible for the Arizona Citizens Defense League and then constitutional carry and all the cool things that they've brought us. But um, aside from that, most snowbirds start coming down to Arizona and then going, oh, guns awesome you know let's get into guns or whatever um so you know it's not like because we have these californians it's all of a sudden a big drastic change but at the same time i don't think any of these californians or people coming from wherever they come from have any 
culture or any traditions with guns or any ties or any what's the word like any you know they don't have any respect for guns so if something comes along and says let's get rid of guns they're going to be like yeah sounds good they didn't have guns where i came from i mean i mean this is me looking at it from the outside but i i guess i look at it as like what i'll call western values because part of western values is is that that is that unique relationship with, with with firearms but also beyond that you know that unique relationship with freedom free freedom of your life freedom of the land uh freedom to do as you will um so where uh fr from as you as you mentioned you know uh, ur urban areas uh, just because of their density of population you can't have that sort of freedom to do whatever you want in your backyard uh to um you know you know use the land as you choose you know urban life is 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 a is a mash pit of rules and regulations because otherwise it would be chaos sure and there's always an exercise in whatever the word would be um, working together so whenever i first moved out here okay not first moved out here whenever i first started building gun websites up uh early 2000s end of the 90s uh there was concern they called tucson a basin right it's like a imagine a giant mountain that fell over like half of the mountain fell over and like the peak fell off and fell over next to it and then that's what we got here so we got the main chunk of mountain and then like this other piece of mountain that fell off and it's kind of laying next to it and tucson's in between the two so they call it the basin and we've got recreational public lands all around it everywhere and arizona's like 80 percent public land so tucson's just in this like corridor of private land that goes along the highway and whatever between the indian reservations and and forests and BLM and parks and stuff. We also have some parks for the saguaro cactuses, right? The big stovepipe cactus looking things that are national parks. So we got all kinds of private, I mean, public land in here that has different jurisdictions and different like you know, trespassing laws and different um, laws as far as hunting and just recreational shooting and stuff. So anyhow, there's all kinds of people who have demand on that land. You got a lot of horseback riders who've always been out here. You got ranchers who, for $5 an acre, can use the public lands as their grazing land. And then uh, all kinds of issues there, because then it's their property walking all along public land that they pay $5 an acre for. And then they expect the government to keep track of their property walking around all the time. Uh, and then you get uh, horseback riders, like I say, you get BMX type of bicycle riders. People are bicycle you know ride around with non-motorized bicycles and then you get four by fours and real bicycles like motorcycles right that want to zoom all around and then you get bird watchers because this corridor one of these you know there's areas of desert arizona is less deserty than uh the badlands of california or whatever they're called you know the desert desert of california over there where death valley is and then new mexico's got a lot of like white sands and stuff it's literally desert so Arizona becomes like a green corridor for pretty much everything from butterflies to birds and everything else, critters even, that migrate. So there's all kinds of naturalists that like to go out and um, either for science, right, to follow migrating patterns and stuff, 
uh, or just for bird watching. There's like all these bird watching contests where they try to catch or you know, see as many birds as they can in a year. They come to Arizona by the swarms because of the opportunities and stuff. Oh, I don't even think I'm catching it all. There's falconeers, people like to go hunting with their birds out here. And then, of course, recreational shooters, hunters, um, sports shooters, whatever. So there's lots of opportunities for stuff out here, and there's tons of demand on the land. So even back in the day when I first came out here and started doing stuff online, one of the first things I did was put attention towards that, I don't know what to call it, like those seminars, those workshops that would come around. Uh, as soon as I started becoming aware of them, almost immediately I started becoming aware of like the cycl cyclic nature of them. So, um, uh, back then there was these kind of concerns or like, um, I guess they were just called workshops, but basically they were like, oh, there's pressure on the public lands and it's gun owners that are the cause of all the problems. And it's like, is it gun owners or is it the fucking four by fours or is it the horseback riders or is it this, you know, it's like everybody had to learn to get along back then. And now there's just more people and more organizations involved, more issues, more types of recreation. Now you got geocaching, you know, that didn't exist really until GPSs and, you know, phones blew that up. Okay. I, I, I mean, um, I, I didn't mean to... I know you're not exactly prepared, but I, I was just interested in your general perceptions, and I think you did a, certainly gave me plenty of information, so thanks. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted there because somebody's starting a new Instagram channel called Gun Channels. Oh. But, but whatever, I don't know the name. It's just two words next to each other. All one word? No underscore at the end. No, not Marco. We're lacking in the United States the comment from the side that we use, but hates your guns, hates our culture, hates your rights, property. Uh, Echo says, what are, we, or what we are lacking in the U.S. is positive gun culture. Every time you turn on the television, you're reminded of negative gun culture, giant violence, drugs, or something. We really need to start the basic establishing gun culture. Sure, sure. No disagree, but um, got a weird echo on Dano. It's sorry. Um, yeah, we hear that a lot. But uh, number one, if you turn on the television, then that's a choice you make, and there's less people make that choice. Technically, there's less televisions being used. There's a lot more internet sources and stuff. So, as you make a choice on what you watch, especially on an internet device, that is the systems that to, you know, provide that to you are aware of it technically they have to be because they define you know they literally gave it to you it's not like television where it's being broadcast and your you know it's programming being broadcast and what you decide to tune into is your business on the internet it's directed to you it's delivered to you from an envelope you know or from a box so it's they literally technically know what you delivered or what you ordered so uh they can definitely keep track, even if it's an anonymous thing, they can keep track of trends and patterns. So it's a lot less 
random. It's not less assumption. They know exactly what's being viewed out there. So by realizing that and making a decision when you view things, uh, you have influence on what direction things go forward. And uh, you know, we always are big advocates here of more and more people adding their voice to the collective conversation can steer culture. So a couple of things there. Yes, I agree that funds are portrayed a certain way by people who disseminate agenda-based programming. But the uh, challenge or the opposition to that, one of the oppositions would be independent grassroots creation of content and you know, your appreciation of that and your knowledge that interacting with the platforms that offer that or help us distribute that is what it's all about. Educate your audiences, really. Um, going forward, people are going to be less and less unaware of their influence and their value right to the whole thing um we grew up all of us old people grew up being the cogs the the numbers that didn't matter that had no influence because we were just you know we, they said they were catered to but you know they were just cows being fed so when you got a bunch of cows that can say what they want to eat all of a sudden they have to create menus and stuff so we're changing that. We're changing the status quo. All right. Well, now I was just seeing a bunch of stuff. Put up plywood, lending assistance, answering questions. I don't know. So are we going to keep going? Is there anything else to talk about? I I didn't have anything else. Yep. All right. All right. Put on you guys. I appreciate you guys jumping in. Uh, we try to do a panel discussion each midnight or each weeknight at midnight Eastern and uh, keep it involved with the people out there. So uh, thanks for jumping in, and we'll see you at the same time tomorrow. What's today? Tuesday, so tomorrow is Wednesday. Uh, stay tuned for Rick. He does his shooting with the disabled chat in the evenings. Uh, Clover used to do a Wednesday chat, and then Matt does his uh, chat. He had a new guy on on Monday, so he might have some new people on Wednesday as well. And then we'll be back here tomorrow. You guys got anything you want to throw out there before we head it? We head out. Good. Right on. Thanks again for jumping in. It makes the show really short if I'm in here by myself. So again, thanks uh, for everybody who participated.